Hello there, Team NXT. CD, Danny Mac here, bringing you episode 112, that's right, 100 and a dozen of the UFP show, all about the NXT show, the longest-running independently produced NXT podcast available. Yes, still available despite one of the most sporadic and spontaneous schedules in wrestling podcast history, the Undisputed Future Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome back. Thank you so much if you're a new listener, checking things out. How you found out, where you found out, how you're listening, where you're listening, why you're listening, these things don't matter. Thank you so much for the support. Um, It's crazy right now. The entire just gesturing broadly out to the world and pro wrestling is no exception. The last time I spoke was for the big events. We had NXT Great American Bash, incredible series of matchups, and I was just kind of left wondering what's next after this Keith Lee double championship reign. The man is NXT champion and North American champion at the same time. What is going to happen next? And it happened. We had an incredible match between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Again, adding another chapter to their epic saga. Where is it possibly going to go here from... Where could it possibly head? And then... There's just... There's certain things that could really take the steam out of the anticipation of talking about it. And just really, really could just... Slam on the brakes of any possible discussion or fantasy booking or how you think this one thing's going to happen. Keith Lee is not losing his North American championship. Keith Lee has vacated his North American championship, and that was teased as a major announcement by William Regal. And that's that's what we learned. We learned while, uh, while there's great wrestling going on on several channels Wednesday nights, NXT is going to start off their programming with the vacating of a championship after a very, very possible prominent figure in Keith Lee in wrestling in the way the world is as a brilliant and incredibly talented black athlete could have this kind of influence as a double champion and prove to everybody that goals are achievable and you can maintain a double championship reign despite obstacles like carrying cross hanging over your head, and maybe, yeah, Cross gets the best of him during a North American Championship reign, or a triple threat match, as I've fancy booked in the past on how to get one title off of Keith Lee whilst maintaining his NXT Championship reign. Uh, but no, neither of these things happen, and Keith Lee vacates the North American Championship. So that was kind of the... I know I was between episodes... I did not cover his... Reign as double champion, I did not cover his first first, and last title defense as a double champion. But it was there. The thought was there. Major announcement for NXT. Gotta cover it this week. Gotta put out a show this week. No, it's just... Just by comparison, there's gotta be some major things going on for me to really sit behind this microphone. Because real life is getting in the way. And pro wrestling is... Exactly what it is right now. It's a source of entertainment. And I want to be entertained so that I can take away 35, maybe 45 minutes of your time and entertain you or keep your company while you're also in a working at home situation or running errands or driving around. Again, how and why you're listening does not matter. Let's jump into things. Discussing here, it will be the last edition of July 2020 taking place on July 29th. 
of NXT television, and I will be recording the second half of this episode, Musical Interlude, immediately after the first edition of August television for NXT on August the 5th. While discussing the July 29th edition of NXT TV, I'll of course go back and cover the important things, but this is where the spotlight is on this episode, and it could not have shown any brighter in this women's division. We now know that Dakota Kai will challenge the nightmare Rhea Ripley for the number one contendership opportunity this coming week on NXT television. But first, Kai teamed up with Candice LeRae to take on the women's champion Io Shirai and a former friend of Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox. Great women's championship, great, great tag team match for this women's division. Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart, I thoroughly enjoyed as a team. I like Tegan Knox in the tag team. I think there is. There's championship gold in Tegan Knox's future, and I really think it is as a WWE Women's Tag Team Champion, just where the shiniest wizard will land and who she partners up with in the finality of it all. I think who Tegan ends up with as a tag team partner can be much up for grabs right now, but it's fun because the tag team division for the women does need a boost, and this match this match highlighted that it's incredibly possible to have a great tag team match if it's the right for women. Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai takes on Io Shirai and Tegan Knox. The champion shown here, Io Shirai showing up and showing out victorious. Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai seem to be the uh, the shining heels in the division right now. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, I think that's where the money is right now. There's that Shawn Michaels diesel effect. There's even the Big Mama Cool nickname thrown at Gonzalez. Dakota Kai, I think. Just fantasy booking this week and might be jumping ahead a little bit. Dakota Kai has a real good chance to topple the nightmare because of that relationship with Raquel Gonzalez. Gonzalez has been an X-Factor in matches before. She has taken out other competitors in a ladder match to clear the way for Dakota Kai in the past. She has been a big involvement in big ways. So Raquel, always, always something you need to watch out for. And she sizes up better with Rhea Ripley. I think if Gonzalez can cost Ripley the number one contendership, there's a really interesting seismic fight that can develop in the women's division between a Latina powerhouse and an Australian nightmare. Something that was a dream match, however, taking that aside, Roderick Strong taking on Johnny Gargano. What an interesting way this match came about. Long and short of it is two grown men calling each other dorks on the internet, but the match and storytelling aspect of it is even more beautiful. Bronson Reed, victorious in a North American Championship triple threat qualifying match. Yes, a series of triple threat matches. Three men in each matchup, eventually landing in a ladder match that will have six men in it. So that's a lot of bodies. That's a lot of a lot of skulls that can be used to pave the way on, on the road to take over 30 for the vacant North American Championship. And Bronson Reed able to grab that first spot in the ladder match. You look at the talent in the field of that triple threat if 
I could just steer away from the singles action between Strong and Gargano for a minute and cover a big event like a qualifying matchup and such a pivotal win in the career of Bronson Reed. The Australian thick boy, big man with big potential, another one of these North American Championship Haas Fight Division Foundations. You've heard me talk about it in the past if this is not your first time. That division is built on big men who don't need to just work like big men who can at the same time move around like cruiserweights and and develop and deliver these incredible moments during matchups. You look at the agility of Cameron Grimes and our NXT champion Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic and Bronson Reed and Killian Dane and Damian Priest. There's so much talent and so so many large individuals in this division that can make that title. I thought it was going to be Keith Lee, but I vented about that enough. I think this six-man ladder match, yes, I think it's an attempt to replicate history, and I'll get more into that probably on the pre-show before TakeOver 30. But that that NXT inaugural North American Championship ladder match is remembered for a reason. It's take two, and how we build this match, and how we showcase these talents. I, I'm freaking sitting here saying we, like I got that much stake in the brand. I'm a fan sitting here talking to wrestling, talking about wrestling to his dog, and to you guys. But, we have a lot of talent in this division. This North American Championship ladder match needs to showcase it, and these triple threat matches need to showcase former champions like Roderick Strong, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed did, and show these up-and-coming talents overcoming these former champions. Not just any former champions. Roderick Strong, helping fulfill the prophecy of the Undisputed Era. Johnny Gargano, first Triple Crown champion in NXT history. Johnny Takeover. These are big names to overcome for the big, thick boy. To qualify for this ladder match. Strong Gargano. Due to a. Let's call it dispute in this matchup. And how the outcome affected it. And backstage squabbles. Um, and just a lot of smack talking on Twitter. Calling each other dorks like Kevin. From Ed Ed and Eddie. Great stuff. Entertaining stuff. Because it brings us here. It brings us to these two of the best. Now of course. Everything, I feel like we this word has been beaten into the ground. Arguably, the best in the world. And that's exactly what pro wrestling podcasting is. It's arguing. I'm not arguing with anybody in the same room. I'm arguing with your state of mind right now. These are two of the best. Are there pieces missing from both? Yes. In the personality and caricature and mic work aspect of it. But Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano putting together a good match and having a good match with each other is riding a bike with training wheels. It's given. It's incredible. It's a feat to watch, but you expect it and you know the outcome. Things are going to go smooth. Nobody's going to topple over. And bad things aren't going to happen. Bad things are going to happen for Roderick Strong and the continuing crumble of the Undisputed Era. The Era's without a champion. Adam Cole is getting into fights with former NFL punters on podcasts. The tag team just bouncing back this week. Something else we can look forward to. 
but the Imperium is on a roll also. There's that faction history, if we could go back to Worlds Collide. And now Roderick Strong, after a great match. I mean, folks, this, this match was every bit as good as expected. After having this unsuccess in common, as well as being successful and former North American champions, they had the unsuccessful moments of losing in common after last week. But the Johnny Gargano way would pay off. Johnny Gargano doing whatever it takes, inside or outside of the ring. The outside assault to the shoulders, followed by that one final beat DDT. Johnny Gargano way. Wherever, whenever, by any means necessary to win a matchup. This is not this is not Johnny go out there and try his best for 30 minutes. This is Johnny, let's put together let's put away a matchup. Whatever it takes, as soon as I find a vulnerability, and that vulnerability happens to be Roderick Strong's mobility in his shoulder, and you can't lift anybody and break somebody's back without elevating them first. And you got no grip. You got no shoulder strength. You're not going to do that. Gargano exploiting that, taking Strong out of the fight, beating him down, one final beat. And that might have just been the one final straw for the Undisputed Era. I'll get to that in just a matter of moments, right around main event time. Going back to women's action, though, Dakota Kai would... Actually, I kind of glossed over this, but... Let's go back. Dakota Kai declaring herself number one contender. Rhea Ripley with a new look. That's something I forgot to mention. Thank you, uh, diligent notes. Rhea Ripley and a new, very platinum. And I mean platinum. I mean uh, as platinum as her WrestleMania match with Charlotte Flair was. Platinum blonde. Anyway, Rhea stepping up to put a stop to that. What will Mr. Regal say? And we know what Mr. Regal would say. We have Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, slated for the August 5th edition of NXT TV, where Raquel Gonzalez may or may not be a contributing factor. Let's continue to try and speak that into existence. Powerhouses in the women's division. We got Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, and who I am speaking to next, the newest client of the Robert Stone brand. That's right. Mercedes Martinez needs somebody to take care of. I'm going to sum it up in a way that I'm guessing the USA Network didn't allow her to this this past week. Um, let's go ahead and call that bullshit. All the outside of the ring bullshit. The signing of contracts and put matches together and you know pay rates and all that all that good stuff. The the HR and uh huh. I would say health insurance, but. We know how that goes in the world of pro wrestling. Let's gloss over that controversy for a moment. Taking on familiar foe of the Robert Stone brand, Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart in the ball pits with balls of steel stepping up to Mercedes Martinez. Shotzi showing a whole lot of heart, no matter what color it is. And Mercedes would just shut down that spirit right away. Nothing shuts down... Well, nothing shuts down possibly an entire nervous system like a German suplex off the top rope like we saw in this matchup. Mercedes Martinez, Shotzi Blackheart, big fan. Big fan. Want to see her as a future champion too. Need I go back to my Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart tag team continuation argument? 
But in fear of repetition, I will not do such a thing. I'm going to focus on Mercedes Martinez and her filling the void that up until recently, Shayna Baszler should not have left. I'm going to give away how and when I'm recording this, but Raw just Raw just blew me away with, now they decide to use Shayna Baszler. Have her step up to Nia Jax. Yeah, good. Let's have the, the Queen of Spades take on the powerhouse and maybe put her out of action for a little while, but her own actions during that segment would do that. And uh, now we got Shayna versus Sasha, which given more time, let's just mix up this pot with Bailey and Sasha Banks and Asuka out on a vengeance and Shayna Baszler finally being utilized correctly on Raw. Let's stir all that up and let's get some good television going because Mercedes Martinez, as a veteran, filling that same exact spot of nobody's going to push her around. She's going to have very interesting challengers, but she's going to have incredible credibility. Try that one five times fast when she steps up to anybody. And that includes former big-time WrestleMania stars like Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez down the line is going to be money. That's a match to watch for. That's that hopefully isn't going to crash down in flames like a, oof, like a top rope German suplex followed by an air raid crash, white noise looking maneuver that sealed the victory for Mercedes Martinez. Shotzi Blackheart, let's see. I know the tank is up 2-0 over Robert Stone, but let's maybe put this grudge behind her. Let's find something else for Shotzi to do. Let's have Robert Stone Build the brand. Let's have Aaliyah get taken a little bit more seriously. A couple W's under her belt would do some good. Have Robert Stone start being this big-time heel manager. Minus minus most of the comedy. Let's see a little bit more of the dastardly stuff for a little while. Steer away from the comedy for a bit. Let's give the... Let's give some shady business dealings to go hand-in-hand with the powerhouse. That is Mercedes Martinez. And so much, so much going right for this NXT women's division. It's it's incredible. It's night and day from hyping up a big-time tag team tournament and then not airing it on television and airing it on their YouTube page in, instead. End. End. Okay. This is not the NXT podcast that talks shit about AEW podcasts. I've been nothing but kind to Dynamite when I've watched it. I've given it credit when credit is due on this show, and there's vocal evidence about that. But the women's divisions are night and day. The NXT women's division is a shining light on its television show, and AEW's women's division is sitting in the dark. Pun intended. Featuring their other YouTube show name. Moving away from that, Let's talk about an aggressive Keith Lee. An aggressive Keith Lee. The one thing that has been missing from the promo picture of our NXT champion. Not just talking recently. He's refined. He's well-spoken. He has quite the vocabulary. He's college-educated. He's Division I athlete to go hand-in-hand with that fine Texas education. But he looks like that. The man is built like a tank. He needs to be angrier. He needs to develop this sense of rage. And he nailed it this week. 
Karrion Cross striking Dominic Dijakovic down. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about the grand picture of the NXT Championship right now. Let's forget all the negativity, what happened with the North American Championship. I want to talk about what is working for the NXT World Championship right now. And in case you're new here, yes, it's an NXT World Championship. Been defended in Japan, the United States, and London. Multiple continents, it counts. It's a World Championship. Moving on. This reign for Keith Lee has highlighted and made his rivalry with Dominic Dijakovic. We knew, we knew as we were watching these matches that it was history in the making. But did we know? And could anybody really expect that it would play this big of a part in a world championship scene? Be this big of a chapter in the story of Keith Lee as NXT champion thus far? Great writing, consistency, makes you care, makes you tug, makes it tug on your heartstrings after you see the good sportsmanship and the fights that these two gentlemen have pushed each other to before in their series of epic matchups. And now, it's the emotional pull and what ties... It's the focal point of the story. It's why Keith Lee is giving Cross this opportunity and why through by any any price any price any amount of time and by God you know that's what Cross depends on. That's what Scarlet depends on. That's the sand dripping through the hourglass Team NXT. The time of Keith Lee is champion. That's what Cross is here to do. He's here to not only cut that time short, but he's cutting down the career time of Dijakovic and possibly his time in NXT. That's assuming you believe everything you read. Would this be a great way to write him off? I think so. It's an emotional, important part of the story. Dominic Dijakovic was was beaten down so badly by the forces on NXT that the, four, the powers that be took him off that show, moved him to Monday Night Raw, new set of competition, get him away from Karrion Cross. There's something there. He wasn't able to fulfill his hopes as NXT champion, but management felt it was part of his safety to get him off of NXT and move him to Monday Night Raw and shine him to, for a new audience. There's a way to make this look good. There's a way to do Dijakovic justice and make this Story in the NXT Championship scene all that more emotional. And that's what Lee also did with this promo. Lee called out Cross and Scarlet. And Scarlet is the star of this whole thing, and I think that's an entirely other problem. But there's been enough arguments on other podcasts made in comparison of Mark Miro and Sable and how the valets can outshine the superstars and whether you talk in front of a talent or you talk behind a talent when you're cutting a promo. There's a lot to be debated about the manager and superstar relationship. And when Scarlett looks like that, and when she has the presence that she has. Alright, my theory has proved me right onto my own show. Let's get back to Keith Lee. Our champion is calling out Cross and all the extra bullshit to get his attention. 
And almost right on cue, speaking of bullshit, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes enters offended that he didn't get a shot at the North American Championship. Or getting enough attention just for just for being Cameron Grimes. And let's, let's remember, Grimes' mouth is always getting him beaten or choked or beat down. And this, this week is no exception. Keith Lee taking out the trash when it comes to Cameron Grimes. Another great matchup that we'll have to look forward to on August 5th edition of NXT TV. But Cameron Grimes' mouth once again getting him in trouble. You do not want to agitate the champion when he is in this sense of irateness. Keith Lee calling out Cross. Takeover 30. The writing is on the wall. Cross vows. Through a message delivered by Scarlett, of course. Because Scarlett's live in the arena and crosses on the television screen. I think there might be something wrong with that too. But Cross delivering a message through his harlot, Scarlett. Everyone will suffer, as Dijakovic did, unless the choice is made to grant the NXT Championship shot. Lee saying name the time and name the place, and he will whoop that ass. Doesn't sound as cool coming from me. Let's admit that right now. So the stage, all but set, all but confirmed, the road to NXT TakeOver 30, finally taking shape, finally given, given some discussion and format to NXT podcasting, and finally, we see our NXT Tag Team Champions in Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel. They did not have travel visa problems, everybody. NXT's tag team division just apparently sitting on the back burner. It's... I think they're trading worlds on Wednesday nights. The tag team division on TNT, on Dynamite, is so good. When it's done right, and when FTR is... Okay, I'm saying FTR matches are good, okay? FTR matches are good, and that's where tag team importance needs to be. However, NXT not doing their titles, that same bit of justice. NXT's European-based champions have not been featured on television. Is that to continue the illusion that they are not residing in Florida? Is that to put Imperium all in the same boat for fear that Walter or Alexander Wolf would be asked about, like I'm about to here? Yeah, I know, those, those guys are stuck in Germany or someplace with universal health care, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, business as usual for Imperium, though. These ever-rise, these ever-rise kids. Let's, let's save the confusion. Chase Parker and Matthew and Martell. Martell versus Marcel Bartell. That was a tongue twister on commentary. Not to know that. Nice to know that Moro was was noticing that. Not just not just the podcasting, but the folks actually getting paid to discuss about the brand suffering with the the tongue twisting tag team names going on here. But European bomb bombs away for the W Imperium, continuing to prove the mat is sacred. They're two of the best in the world at doing exactly this. That European style. Dropping like a bombshell on, well, on the Canadian-based duo of Everrise. 
Everrise is due for a win. If you're following at podcast underscore UF on Twitter, you're going to see me tweeting that every single week until it does happen. And it didn't happen at the hands of Brizango. Didn't happen facing the NXT Tag Team Champions, to nobody's surprise. And Imperium looking to call the division out. Call out the lack of seriousness in the tag team divisions. Seems to be a common thread across both channels. And I love it. Let's make tag team wrestling important again. Let's have it be the... Let's have it be the spectacle it was in the early 2000s. Give me teams that are just as important as the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian. Something with mainstream appeal. I think it's war games. I think it can be done there. Match types are very important, but tag teams and factions being shown and written the right way are just as important. And an angry, vendetta-driven... Undisputed Era is exactly what is needed here. Imperium looking to looking to cast a cloud over the entire tag team division would be stormed by the Undisputed Era. All four of them. It's Fish. It's O'Reilly. It's Cole. It's Strong. It's the boys are back in town. It's the prophecy can be fulfilled a second time. It's that kind of confidence that we need to see out of the Undisputed Era. And TakeOver 30 could be important for these guys. Could very well be. But August 5th could be another record-setting week for the Undisputed Era as Imperium puts those tag team titles on the line against Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. I talked about him a little bit before. Bronson Reed getting his own introspective here. Love it. I don't like to recap these things too much because you should just turn on the network and watch these superstars speak from their own hearts, but the big boy was built on a strong family support system. Love to see that. Absolutely love to see that. Reed says he's built for destruction. He's got a fighting spirit. His wife is the one who put him through wrestling school. There's a lot to admire here. Check out Bronson Reed. Give your respects to Aus Zilla, the Australian thick boy. Is he one of your picks for the NXT North American Championship ladder match? And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of voids and spots to be filled in the meantime, and the main event would would help fill another spot in that. And this upcoming match featuring Damian Priest, Oni Lorkin, and Ridge Holland of NXT UK fame would be uh, be another building triple threat match in, in this entire thing. Now, if you haven't seen Ridge Holland before, you might have seen Luke Menzies. Luke Menzies has been featured on NXT TV before. He's uh, a lot of love for a lot of love for Australian superstars here. Rugby former rugby player and a uh, bit of a name change. I, I love the name change Ridge Holland just just sounds like a real man's man. Like, like like somebody you'd find find on the wrong side of the tracks in, in Peaky Blinders or or something. I, I know that's that's an England based show, but just just for the NXT UK parallel there, Ridge Holland. Almost wanna root for the guy just based on name alone. But Oni Orkin's always gonna have my support. Guy does not win enough matches, but Damian Priest getting the interview here. 
He speaks very confidently on his opponents and on his future. Oh, um, little embarrassed here. Longtime cruiserweight, longtime cruiserweight wrestling fan here. Just skipping over the cruiserweight championship action here, folks. Um, in case you can't tell how fatigued I am off the bat, uh, cutting a little bit close in time here. There's a lot to speak on this match. I was impressed. I thoroughly enjoyed the work of Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott picking up the win here with this. The bomb that he puts opponents away with, it makes me hold my neck. I don't know how these guys are landing safely enough. I don't know how Jake Atlas took this move. I don't know how opponents in the past have been able to safely take this move other than how every martial artist and wrestler should normally take a fall. And that's tuck your chin and hope for the best. And that's really what Jake Atlas had to be doing here. It's It was a battle of brash confidence here. Jake Atlas building up his NXT fame in the Cruiserweight Championship Interim Tournament, which doesn't seem to be so interim at the moment with the way Legacio del Fantasma seems to be rolling through things on NXT television. Uh, Atlas, time and evolve has definitely earned him some credit with me. The way he attached himself to Drake Maverick and really grew a relationship there. Another, another admirable trait of Jake Atlas, but the confidence is key here. And Swerve equals confidence. Swerve would also equal a victory on NXT television. Credit where it's due, a pop-up, pop-up half-and-half Olympic slam. Yeah, just just giving you a couple seconds to really wrap your head around that. Half and half suplex delivered like an Olympic slam. Match was worth the watch. Go ahead. Isaiah Sorf Scott, building confidence. Give me Santos Escobar versus Swerve Scott for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I spoke to Priest's interview already, so it's main event time for the last edition of NXT television in July. It's Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor for another qualifying spot in the North American Championship ladder match. You look at this here, and I immediately, as an incredibly, admittedly biased Finn Balor fan, these two guys are being built but they're not going over Finn Balor. It's time to get the rub, like you mentioned last week. You can't cut through the prince. You take your best shot at Balor, you better not miss. There's a 33% chance... Let's get into the Steinemath of the entire thing. Yeah, there's a 33% chance that you hit. 67% says you're going to miss the prince. But that 33% did pay off for Dexter Loomis. Great match. Bauer's leg would be worked over and over and over again, and that would be costly. Bauer's immobility by the end of this matchup would prove to be his downfall. Loomis and Thatcher alike. Loomis' style is very hard to describe, but he's brutal in there. He's built. He's a masochist. There's a lot to fear when it comes to Dexter Loomis, but Timothy... Thatcher, Thatcher's submission style, Thatcher's pin 
points accuracy when attacking an opponent's body part, that's what really was the nail in the coffin for Balor in this matchup. That's why he was unable to put together enough gusto by the end of this one. And that's why Loomis was able to tap, to choke out, excuse me, Timothy Thatcher. Very important to qualify there. I'm actually glad I misspoke. I'm not going to edit that over. Did not tap out, was choked out. So Thatcher would go until he could not anymore. And Loomis putting the silence to Timothy Thatcher. He choked out a submission artist. There's a lot of confidence behind Dexter Loomis here, folks. He could... It's so early to... It's early to pick who the rest of the qualifiers are. But just looking at the patterns of television and the involvement in big-time storylines, it's very hard to not think of Dexter Loomis as a possible favorite. He's got to be in your top 50%. If it's not the other... If it's not three yet to be announced... I, I think Loomis has to be a one, two, or three pick if you're doing loose enough predictions where you got a top three. Involvement in the NXT Championship match. Sharing the ring with Roderick Strong. Having a historical first ever strap match on NXT TV. You don't get these kind of accolades with at least a little bit of plans for your future. And Loomis able to topple a submission artist by a chokeout. That's one hell of a writing. That's one hell of a finish. And this ladder match is going to be one hell of a contest at NXT TakeOver 30. And I will be there for the entire road so far. Thank you so much for listening. Because this episode will continue with a brief musical interlude. I'll timestamp it in the episode description. But stay tuned. Or thank you for jumping right ahead. For the August 5th edition of NXT TV discussion. Highlighted by Damian Priest versus Oni Orkin versus Ridge Holland for the North American Championship qualifying ladder match. Dakota Kai versus Rhea Ripley for the number one contendership in the NXT women's division. The building blocks are there. And I'll talk to you in just a little while to let's see where these bricks have landed. Hello and welcome back Team NXT if you've been listening to this point and welcome to the show if you've just joined us and will make use of the timestamp in the episode description. It is time to discuss the first episode of NXT TV for the month of August. August 5th edition of NXT just ending. What an ending it was. This is cross promotion done correctly but let's take it from the top go back to the beginning with some women's action number one match of the night would be number one contendership between Dakota Kai taking on Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley looking to build up steam back towards her championship that she was the first to ever defend at Wrestlemania Dakota Kai looking to solidify her spot and give herself her first takeover championship opportunity and Dakota Kai has made impact at takeovers in the past let us not forget what she did to Tegan Knox at NXT TakeOver War Games a few months back. Dakota Kai, what a, sta- what a standout match for her. Um, 
this one really all coming down to a Latina powerhouse and not the Latina powerhouse in Raquel Gonzalez like initially anticipated, I'm sure, all week or earlier in the episode if you've listened thus far. Dakota Kai making use of not just all her cunning, not just all her counter-wrestling, her kicking ability, all of her ring savvy, but some outside influence as well. Mercedes Martinez? Not who we expected this match. Not near anyone's radar. Really, I don't remember... I really don't recall why, why involve another one. I... Not sure I agree with this, but I do agree with the eventual matchup that we'll get between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. That's a powerhouse collision in the women's division. That's something that is must-see TV. And it gives Dakota Kai even more of a back alley, slip-through way to find herself as number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Lots of great moments in this matchup, though. Dakota Kai, obviously, studying Rhea Ripley. Beautiful things counters in this matchup the way that Dakota Kai was able to uh able to reverse the prism lock and slam Rhea Ripley into that bottom turnbuckle very unique counter very well executed the ending the way that Dakota Kai was able to execute this GTK this go to kick as Rhea Ripley was suspended from that top rope Dakota Kai needing not much power obviously not as much power as her opponent has had, but just enough for that kick to the face to be delivered with just enough elevation to secure the victory. Dakota Kai also countering the Riptide, it it was really a standout match for Dakota Kai, and this this heel style, but still fighting these David and Goliath matchups, it's not very often where you're rooting for Goliath when they're taking on a David and Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai is where those roles were in play. And Rhea Ripley, something needs to happen. She's got to get back in that championship spotlight. This this sideshow working with Robert Stone brands and kind of side questing, if for lack of a better term, it's great for it's great for the sake of seeing Rhea Ripley. It's not where she belongs. She's a star. She looks like a star. She should be treated as such, Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, give a bigger controversial ending to this matchup. Let's, I'm not opposed to another triple threat match for the women's division. When the talent is this stacked and there's so many faces to highlight, triple threat match, three people, NXT, TakeOver, 30? I don't know. I see something there. Give me your thoughts at podcast underscore UF for all the happenings. Love to talk about the NXT women's division. Not going to waste my time talking smack, and uh, I've, I've spoken my, my piece on how I feel what uh, what the show on TNT Network is doing with their women's division, and uh, Dakota Kai, Rhea Ripley, number one contendership match, yards yards past what we've what we've been seeing. Ripley versus Martinez, though, going to be a brawl. Hopefully that gets lined up for TakeOver as well. I'm really anticipating TakeOver 30 to be, I know every TakeOver since the last one, is the biggest TakeOver event. But biggest as in match card. I think we'll see the five-match card possibly mold being broken here, and we see a sixth match on the main card. We might see a sixth match and a kickoff. That's my prediction. Seven matches of the night in total. 
And I think they can all deliver. And I think that TakeOver 30 is a big enough spotlight where it won't feel like it's too much. NXT TakeOvers are ending 2 hours, 20 minutes. Maybe the longest one in recent memory. I think I think going a little bit closer to 3 hours, 2.45, when weekly wrestling television on USA can stretch as long as 3 hours, I think we are all deserving and the talent can be spotlight on an additional 25, 20-minute show. The road to NXT TakeOver 30, however, has gone international this evening. Not just the Kiwi vs. Australian clash to kick off the night between Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley, but a strictly Australian brawl. In two familiar foes, Bronson Reed, the big Aussilla already qualifying for the North American Championship ladder match, takes on Shane Thorne. Shane Thorne, a accomplished tag team wrestler in his NXT tenure, I still really, really miss... Uh, I'm... Oh boy, I'm I'm missing the mighty don't kneel here, folks. I hope Nick Miller's doing okay. I hope uh I hope TM61 might be able to show their heads once again and let's see some more tag team action in NXT, with no exception to the spectacular main event this evening. Discuss not discussing that match. Talking about more options for Shane Thorne. Because Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink, another six foot five competitor, guy who you think has all the look and could be a standout here. And we have this big monster and uh, tiny chicken shit tag team chemistry on Monday nights with a win over Ricochet and Cedric Alexander never to be seen again. Don't like where that's going. So let's hope uh, let's hope the spotlight for Australian wrestlers is a little bit more delivered on, on NXT. And it definitely was this evening. Shane Thorne, scruffy nerf herder of NXT as Beth Phoenix has coined and as I will be referring to him. Ever since, shout out for any Star Wars reference, meeting my wrestling references. Love to see it, love to hear it. Bronson Reed, though, just skipping the pleasantries. They're familiar foes. They know what this is all about. The trash talk would come early. The trash talk would come often. Shane Thorne would attempt to take it to the bigger man. But Bronson Reed, on a roll thus far, sending all of the momentum that Bronson Reed has has accomplished through his recent victories, all of that momentum, and he sent it crashing down from the top rope onto the chest of Shane Thorne with a tsunami splashdown for the W on NXT TV tonight. I'm not going to talk about it later. I'm just going to jump right to it right now. Uh, Priest would be victorious in the triple threat match. Let's get to the specifics of the match. Just want to jump into this real quick. I'll get to Legacio del Fantasma. But this segment needs to flow. Reed shining like a diamond on NXT the past number of weeks. Damian Priest, his the favorite, the field favorite entering this week. Ridge Holland making his debut. Oni Orkin's track record in singles competition, not the best, but always putting on, always going out there to kick ass. Shout out to Riley, his dog, for liking my tweets earlier, earlier this evening. Definitely got a good laugh uh, surfing the timeline. Damian Priest has the look. He has the talent. He has the size. He has the resume in the past. He's got the moveset. Damian Priest is very interesting. The voice. 
I'm the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, but the voice that is my choice for NXT TV is Damian Priest. The heavy and hard-hitting doesn't just count when he's caving in your back with a chokeslam, as Ridge Holland learned this evening. The fall from heaven was a harsh one, but that crashing down on your back and the sending through your eardrums is sent with such impact. And yes, I'm a fanboy for Damian Priest because he is a New York City hometown favorite, and there might be a little bit bias in this podcast. Credit where credit is due in this triple threat match, though. Ridge Holland, I want to apologize, giving him Australian credit as well. An accomplished rugby player from England. Shout out to Gary at the Disco for that correction and immediate, uh, immediate good spirits about this, about this falsehood. Ridge Holland, great name, great look, big size. Love that he's, uh, love that he's moved over from NXT UK with the uncertainty delivering there. I think it's important excuse me, to take any talent with the potential and just just the slightest bit of what you think can be seen and would be looked at in exceptional light on main roster TV, you bring those guys to NXT. If they know what they're doing, they got the cross-sports background, even more to talk about and hype them up, I think Ridge Holland falls in that category, no questions asked. Oni Lorcan... Uh, watching that man dive over the top rope is like w- watching a shot put get launched across the air. No matter what the weight, you know, it's coming down at a harsh angle that if it hits somebody in the head or shoulder blade, it could do some damage. And that's what Oni Lorcan spent this match doing. Just being that unbelievable catalyst, that wild card. You always, I'm always pushing for this man to get championship opportunities. If it's with Danny Burch in the tag team picture, it's great. If it's only working getting the shine on his own for a possible North American Championship reign, I think it would be even better. Not the way it plays out. The man has been called the enforcer as of late, Arn Anderson. All the love to Arn Anderson, but not the best win-loss record. If you listen to his own podcast, you'll hear him say that almost verbatim. Holland's one hell of a clothesline to Oni Larkin, the ending of this one ending in absolute chaos, the... <laughs> the stare-down strike fest between Holland and Oni Larkin worth its own conversation piece alone, just staring daggers at each other, chopping each other's chest, the back of Priest's head. This this match ended in a fit of rage from each competitor. I absolutely loved it. Ridge knocking the head off, off of Oni Larkin. Priest planting Holland through the mat. Howland would face a reckoning. Priest is going to take over 30. Discussing his plans in the NXT parking lot. Lots of confrontations happening at that full-sale parking lot. This one, just a bit of war of words. These two are the poster children for a North American Haas fight title rivalry, in my opinion. Damian Priest and Bronson Reed. I think those two would have one hell of a singles match for the championship. We won't see it for the championship, but we'll see it next week because Priest vows that the reign of infamy will begin. Reed's win was a fluke over two of the best wrestlers today in Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong, two former North American champions in their own right. This won't be a fluke thing. Priest vows victory. Reed able to step up to a man the size of Priest. We are going to see one hell of a clash of titans 
on NXT television next week. Moving from the Clash of Titans to the Cruiserweight division, however, Legacio del Fantasma would jump and kidnap Fandango, and Tiger Breeze would be laid out in the parking lot. So some violence happening in broad daylight. This segment happening earlier today. So a little bit of a change in chemistry in the in the full sale environment this evening. The legacy is just sick of Lucha Libre being looked at in this comical light, being all bells and whistles and bright colored masks. These are men of professionalism. These are three very experienced in-ring competitors. Joaquin Wilde dropping all the gimmicks and stupid helmets. Raul Mendoza realizing he might need a little bit more help if he wants to get some wins under his belt. The way that Santos Escobar joins this tournament, takes it by storm, and immediately secures the Cruiserweight Championship as a masked luchador proves that the in-ring focus is on what he does in there, not what he looks like in there. Dropping the mask immediately has made more of an impact than any recent action in the Cruiserweight division, and this might be a controversial take, but probably since Enzo Amore was our champion, there has not been as much interest peaked in this division than there is now. A successful faction holding a title and running a division, that's what that's what we all want to see. When the undisputed prophecy cannot be fulfilled, this is the type of action that we want to see take shape. The viciousness coming out of Legacio del Fantasma, laying out both Fandango and Tiger Breeze in the middle of that ring, and calling out Isaiah Swerve Scott, talent in his own right. But this is a direct message. And this is going to be one hell of a cruiserweight clash for this title. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar. That's just more fuel to the fire of let's keep this takeover card stacked. Stack the card. Let's take it across all divisions. Let's, uh, let's have everything. Let's have exciting cruiserweight action to the jock former NFL punter taking out the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. We got... We got quite a range of things to discuss t- heading in to NXT TakeOver 30. We would, however, see our NXT champion first before I get into any of that about the former longest reigning NXT champion, Keith Lee versus Cameron Grimes. The fact that this match is happening and the aftermath of this one, I do wish that I was able to just have these two weeks combine and talk about this segment all in one shot as well. So slight apologies on the format of this episode. Uh, Lee, as mentioned last last week, calling out Karrion Cross for the actions taken upon Dominic Dijakovic after their singles match <clears throat> between Dijak and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross would not just lay out Dijakovic, but after the victory that Keith Lee would hold over Cameron Grimes. And I'll get a little bit into the match, but this post-match segment is more important. This is where the highlight of the night might have been. Cross sending a very speaking in Latin tongues video message to Keith Lee with a sea of bodies laid out, presumably all by the the cross jacket 
lock or a series of devastating strikes and suplexes. Nevertheless, how it was done, it was done. And Cross says that since Regal has not been seen, that he's letting the cards fall into Lee's hands on when all of this takes place. Now, I'm going to go back and just highlight what I did earlier in this episode, and I'm just scratching my head here trying to discuss it again, because Keith Lee says, name that time and name that place, and I'm going to whoop that ass. But now Cross is saying, I don't see Regal, so you name the time and place. But Regal is also stipulating North American Championship triple threat matches and qualifying matches and ladder matches and number one contendership in the women's division. How could he not see the footage going on in his own show and know, okay, my champion is willing to take on this psychopath who just laid out his best friend. Before anybody else gets hurt, let me make this match official for TakeOver because Cross is wanting the biggest stage possible to take the title from Keith Lee, and Lee is a fighting champion. He has a match with Grimes this week. It obviously can't take place immediately. Let's have it take place weekend of SummerSlam. Maybe try and cool things down over the next three weeks. Kayfabe or not, that's how general manager William Regal should be thinking about it. That's logic in kayfabe and in business. This segment feels unnecessary in my opinion. I know Karrion Cross's build has not been stellar. I've sat here and talked about how, star- how Scarlet is the star of this duo. But this, this just kind of felt like a cluster of a writing. I understand the threat. I know how ominous Karrion Cross needs to look. But the message behind it is wrong. This would have made a great, I took out this many men. Imagine what's in store for you when I get you one-on-one and you're the only one I need to focus on at TakeOver. That's what this message should have been. We know when and where it needs to be established by now. We know who's making the challenge. We know whose court the ball is in. Keith Lee needs to contact our general manager. I need retribution for my friend. I'll put the title on the line. Give me carrying cross, take over 30. Let's do the damn thing. This segment felt unnecessary in the timeline. It would have been great. It fits. It's great for the story that they're trying to tell. It's great for carrying cross to develop this ominous persona, but it felt out of place. It felt like you just, you, you edited the footage together in the wrong spot. You gave the wrong script to carrying cross to read. Great segment, wrong time. Anyway, our NXT champion did take on breakout star tournament real winner, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes looking real darn good against the champion, but uh, he poked the bear and he got clawed. The essential message of this matchup being ends. To continue the bear pause, just go back. The bear puns, go back and take a look at the massive paws and the grizzly magnum chop of Keith Lee coming down on the chest of Cameron Grimes. That's what we want to see. All that sounds, all that impact, and all that reaction, that's, oof, that's that's something you feel sitting on your couch at home. 
Grimes looking decent, but Giant Spirit Bomb looking right through his challenger this week. Once he knows the victory is there, the, the switch has flipped. Keith Lee has his eyes set on carrying cross. Not going to talk about the post-match message again. Let's hope this build is headed in a better direction than uh, than what we what we have anticipated. And to make that point even further about Regal's involvement, Regal addressing the recently announced ankle injury that Dexter Loomis has been afflicted with, this resulting in a fatal four-way. The men who not who were not pinned in their respective triple threat matches will meet Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, with enough complaints and enough momentum to vow that something will be done about this vacant spot. And looking at looking at the roster right now, takeover feels incomplete if Finn Balor is not on that card. Takeovers always feel incomplete when Johnny Gargano isn't on a card, in my humble opinion. Finn Bauer's got a good good chance of finding his way to still being that North American champion. Bauer with a championship will bring eyes to NXT. I'm a firm believer in that. Market, hour, hour, one minute, 50 some odd seconds. Let's see, episode's going to release on Thursday, August 6th. Let it be known. Finn Bauer's going to be a North American champion on NXT someday. And let's hope that it takes place at NXT TakeOver 30 after he earns this spot and qualification. We did get a montage video for the Undisputed Era and just a big reminder of the unbelievable NXT Tag Team Championship matches that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and really the entire era as a whole have been involved in. Because let's not forget the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic events that took place with Roderick Strong finding his way initially into the Undisputed Era. Where are we at? Uh, let's hype up next week. Next week, we got Kushida versus Cameron Grimes versus a mystery opponent in one of the aforementioned triple threat matches to qualify for the North American Championship ladder match. Give me your thoughts on who that mystery opponent might be. Oof. Gun to the head. Let's see. Who do we got? If we're still trying to continue the NXT UK unexpected appearances, I think Kushida versus Grimes versus Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews and Kushida could really mix it up. I think... This is all travel dependent. I don't know anybody's visa status. I don't know who's in Florida, who's not. I'm assuming Mark Andrews isn't. That's purely speculative and fancy booking on my part. Uh, Alex Shelley, I believe, is still signed to Impact. That could be another fun fantasy booking. Have Kushida and his tag team partner meet against a common enemy in Cameron Grimes, mixing up with each other a little bit in singles action for uh, for a little while. I think that could be just as entertaining of a of a possibility uh i don't know could could roderick strong find his way back into a match has he totally been disqualified could timothy thatcher even though he was choked out by dexter loomis dexter loomis is out of action with an injury does that minimize thatcher's defeat a little bit 
here. I'm not entirely sure on that front, that front really either. What does NXT have to work with as far as what restrictions are on people and what COVID infections look like and all these real-world factors? Is there even a real mystery opponent yet, or are we being advertised a mystery opponent? How far in advance is this being taped? Are we strictly up to speculation? Is this going to be a surprise that's spoiled like a certain event taking place on Dynamite was that I'm too big of a man of integrity to sit here and talk about on my show? I don't know. There's a lot of... There's a lot of open fields when it came to this North American Championship vacancy happening. They're trying to replicate history, as I just went on about maybe a half hour or so ago, if you're listening to the show in real time. There's something special about having these six talents, about having a roster that can allow for six unbelievable talents to share a stage to make a title look prestigious. But, who's it going to be? Who fits the mold here? Cameron Grimes coming off a loss to Keith Lee is in a qualifying match next week? My heart is with Kushida. I'm, I want Kushida to find his way into, into this ladder match. I think that the time splitter can certainly, uh, certainly clean the clock of Cameron Grimes. All right, that was that was enough of enough of bad puns. I've I've hit bears and. Bears and clocks have been the pun theme of this episode. Let's jump into it. Main event time. Pat Pat McAfee is backafee. All right, I'm going to allow everybody who wants to shut off the show to go ahead and shut off the show after after that. I promise that that's the end of the bad puns for this show. Taking a look at the notes. No bad puns. No more puns. No more puns this show. Let's jump into it. McAfee joining commentary, joining a full field of commentary that would dwindle. Beth Phoenix, Mauro Ronaldo, Tom Phillips, and McAfee being the commentary table. Four people on commentary. Feels like a cluster no matter who is doing it. No matter what brand, what show, special guests or not, it's a lot of voices talking over each other. It's a lot of points that need to be made. It's too much. It's I'd rather see a replacement or cycle people out. And in a way, that's that's kind of what happens here. McAfee, as we all well and know at this point, talking too much shit about the longest reigning NXT champion and leader of the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, baby, bringing Cole on his podca- on McAfee's own podcast, seemingly seemingly just to make him look stupid and short. Not not the not the most mature of options that uh. That a former NFL star could have could have gone about doing, but I'm gonna digress from there because you think that you can digress from there. You think that all is good. McAfee's showing up early, burying the hatchet. If you believe what you read on Twitter, which you know damn well you can't, all's cool. Pictures speaking speaking pretty well. You, you could tell there might have been a little bit of attention there, and but all in all, you know, handshakes. Or whatever proper decorum should take place in a COVID currently infected environment. We have these things. We have these burying of hatchets for about an hour, maybe an hour twenty minutes, depending on uh, the timestamp of that graphic flashing across our screen here. 
because the short jokes just would not stop from the commentary table. I really thought the guy was out there to, uh, thought he was out there to call some wrestling. Maybe. You know, you, you got one of the best voices doing the damn combat sports ever in Mauro Ranallo. You got a Hall of Famer in Beth Phoenix. You got the voice of WWE right now. Flagship show, Monday Night Raw, Tom Phillips, able to hold his own on the commentary table with a, a very accomplished Samoa Joe, who is the best at what he does. Tom's kind of holding that table together as the straight man on color. So not only is Phillips dealing with a confrontation with Seth Rollins on Monday night that nearly makes him cry, but he deals with this frustration from McAfee coming to his turf on commentary. He spent an awful lot of time talking about Adam Cole and his own show with maybe a side of in-ring action and admittedly credit where credit is due to Bobby Fish's amazing mustache. How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? But the short jokes, enough. You know, enough to piss off Beth Phoenix. That's for damn sure. And you could hear it in Morrow's voice. And you could hear it in the decorum that Tom would speak to Pat through the course of this episode. But Adam Cole would just have enough. There's not enough crowd. He's less than 20 feet away. He's not deaf. His focus is on the in-ring action, but he's going to hear what the commentary table saying about him behind him. Very observant is the Undisputed Era. A fine leader knows the environment that his soldiers are in. And that's what Adam Cole is. Even if it's a dipshit talking shit behind the commentary table that he probably shouldn't have been sitting behind. Come through, shake hands, bury the hatchet, go home. Get out of here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you take over 30 if we need somebody on the kickoff show again, Pat. That's, that's it. And admittedly, a quote from my favorite Christmas movie, and Sonic the Hedgehog, not uh, not involved. Ooh, uh, more MLS uh, coronavirus updates. To uh, yeah, that's that's something. Oh boy, that's that's bad news on bad news in the world of in the world of real sports. So uh, really hope all the athletes are st- are staying hopefully safer than pro wrestlers are at at this rate. Uh, baseball's falling apart. Wrestling is up in the air with its COVID testing, and Pat McAfee is quoting Will Ferrell's Elf. He's an angry elf to uh, to Adam Cole, and what a great scene that was. If you haven't seen it, if you weren't familiar with McAfee's quote here on NXT television this evening, go out of your way, watch Elf. Great scene. It's... Oh boy, it's it's Peter Dinklage. I'm 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 gonna leave it there. It's it it's great stuff. It's it's really really funny, um, but not not so funny in this context. It's not Christmas time. It's the longest reigning NXT champion. You're making jokes about, and how much of that is true, remains to be seen. We had a brilliant NXT tag team title match happening in front of us, and we got this instead. Imperium showing up and showing out, making use of this distraction provided by this confrontation. Because Cole would spill. Cole would, Cole's anger would spill over and the water would spill over into McAfee's face, courtesy 
of Adam Cole, baby. Cole not taking this shit. Cole not taking this standing down. There was anger. There was ferocity. There was tension outside. And there was enough distraction going on outside that inside Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly would be struck. O'Reilly knocked off the ring apron. A huge, major European bomb to Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish and his mustache would be defeated on NXT television this evening. And Imperium would still be your NXT Tag Team Champions. And I know the show is running a little bit long, so I'm just going to jump right into the ending spot. We had a major size difference highlighted in the former NFL star and former NXT champion. McAfee laying out Adam Cole and taking a page out of his own former occupation and the legend killer Randy Orton. McAfee punted Adam Cole. McAfee punted Adam Cole. I loved this booking. Up and down. <laughs> the smack talk, the roller coaster, the ups and downs. Uh, all my support is what is laid with Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. But I'll be damned if I'm not going to sit here and be entertained by, by the ending of NXT tonight. I'm so... I'm pretty sure we can we could sum this up in, in just a just a couple words here. I think that about does it justice, but folks, Team NXT, the road to NXT TakeOver 30, it's filled with twists and turns. We're on some ups and downs. The NXT championship scene where it is controversial, I am excited about Lee versus Cross. Dakota Kai getting a one-on-one opportunity against somebody as talented as Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship as a heel. As a heel, you would think that Dakota Kai would get her first takeover st- takeover spotlight for this women's title as a babyface, as an underdog, as something along the lines of Sami Zayn on the road to redemption, maybe. But the script has flipped, and I'm very excited for that as well. North American Championship ladder match. I'm really hoping history does manage to come close in repeating itself, and we do have a stacked field of talent to anticipate rounding out these last few spots. And I will be here week to week with discussion. I'm making the promise now. From now until SummerSlam, I'm vowing the road to NXT TakeOver will continue on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you listened from the beginning, whether you jumped in at the timestamp, I cannot thank you enough. Please reach out to me with any and all conversation at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. It's my most active form of social media. I don't just talk NXT. I'll even talk Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite. Yes, you heard that correctly. Credit where it's due. Criticism where it's due. Up and down. I love interacting with each and every each and every segment of wrestling Twitter. It can be a good place. You just got to know where to look and who to interact with. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. Uh, slacking on that front, kind of a uh, recovery on a new device problem with with the Instagram, but give me a follow over on that platform. Anyway, please, uh, Facebook. Facebook will probably get a little bit more active due to the Instagram lack of activity. Definitely seeing some new posts and some fan page likes. 
So thank you so much for the love on that front also. It's been a fun couple of weeks of NXT action. I'm very excited that we're on the road to a takeover, that there is anticipation like we are building towards something. Again, I want to thank everybody for coming back and listening. It's very hard to balance life and the big-time wrestling events. It is what it is. We're living through a pandemic. Staying safe and being with family is the most important part right now. I thank you all for any and all time you give this show, just taking, well, in this case, a little bit over an hour, but usually 35 to 45 minutes of your time just to sit down and have a very one-sided NXT discussion with me. But I hope you have your own thoughts. I hope some of this is very provoking, and I hope you want to reach out and agree or disagree. My more favorite part of it, tell me why. Just tell me why. Tell me why. I'm always here to listen. Give me any and all of your wrestling thoughts. I am CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion, the man with a PhD in NXT, the UFP show, all about the NXT show. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.